while my mom is still there we find the apartment we move in everything's smooth then she leaves and i'm alone like and it just hit me as soon as i drop her off at the airport like oh my god like i'm by myself i don't know anyone in this city i don't know anyone in this state i'm just like here but i i did have a plan so it's it's great like like pray plan executed is perfect uh sponsorship because i really did have a plan and the plan was say house the fam <laughs> welcome back to house the fam your podcast about family friends and growth and today i'm joined by my family my blood my cousin Somebody who's known me my entire life. It's very rare that you meet people who've known you your entire life. My cousin, Ashley Hudson. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, Tyler, you cannot forget the Victoria. It is Ashley Victoria <laughs> Hudson at all times. <laughs> if, you, if you say my name, you get it right. <laughs> Yo, man, Ashley, thank you for joining the show, man. Thank you so much. And today's episode is going to be about Ashley's phenomenal journey about accomplishing her college dream. And then something very spectacular happens right after that. Okay, I'm not going to ruin it for the people. Okay, but before we get into that, we have a segment called Just Checking In. And Just Checking In is exactly what it sounds like. It's me checking in with the family just letting y'all know how my day is going okay so Ashley I will start first and then I will let you share a story cool that works all right so my just checking in story is I was at, I was at church and I've been at church all week this week so because we're gearing up for a musical this that and the other your boy in there singing in the choir all right <laughs> hark the herald angels sing and the herald angels are you know like, but we are uh, we in there singing right and uh I understand when people sing for an extended amount of time, there is an expectation that people are going to cough at some point, all right? But I also need them to recognize that when you cough, don't expect me to stick around in the general vicinity of where you operate, because <laughs> that gangster's still out here, and it, I'll be dead gum if it's going to get me, all right? <laughs> uh i i'm i'm okay so since covid i have not been to church i have not been to work i only go to the grocery store and stuff so it's just crazy to even hear that you're singing in the choir with people yeah. on the left yep. and the right and in the front and one in the yeah Surround, it's a welcome to Texas, you know. <laughs> that's, that's what I was just about to say. That's what I was just about to say. This is why, this is why I am where I am because I can't do it. I'm still, I'm yeah. still nervous of, the, of that guy that's out there getting people. Yeah, man. And you know what's funny? I was talking to my pastor about that because he keeps saying like, "Yo, I need you to open up the youth event." And I was like, "I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm not fully comfortable exposing like getting the youth in front like that, but." I'm like trying to work my way through it because, you know, all this other stuff. I'm trying to work my way through it, but I ain't fully there yet. And that has been my just checking in story. Now, Ashley, we just checking in. What you got for the people? Oh, man, my just checking in. I have literally been, I don't know if you've heard about the stories that's happening. Everything in California is going crazy. People are breaking into homes. They're, oh, they're wow. breaking into stores. Yeah, it's it's been insane. So my just checking in is that. I am currently installing every security feature I can around the house. Um, I am making sure I literally watch my garage door go down. My just checking in is being safe. I'm just out here trying to just make it to another day. 
because LA is crazy, crazy right now. So y'all be is, safe. Out. Is, my cousin is an LA person, bro. My cousin living the LA lifestyle. You feel me? I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. All right. Now, yeah, now the actually I ain't gonna even ask about the other security stuff because of security, all right? <laughs> the less exactly. you know about my Don't security, let them know what I got. <laughs> my security is all right and y'all that has been just checking in okay now we do have one sponsor for today's video and that sponsor is pray plan execute okay pray plan execute is an athleisure faith-based brand okay and it's designed for people actually like me and you right people who understand that in order to find your purpose you got to pray man and not only do you have to pray you have to actually plan out what your next steps are and go out there and do it okay and only through doing that can you find genuine fulfillment all right now pray plan execute is they they they, they helped out the family man like they gave us a little code so if you go to pray plan execute dot shop again that is pray plan execute dot shop then you can pick up a shirt similar to mine or similar for to the ones you've seen in the other videos and you can use code FAM at checkout. That is code FAM, F-A-M, at checkout, all right? And you can get that family discount, all right? And trust me, I got you, all right? Now, you guys need to hurry up because from what I understand, I've been doing it. I don't know which day this episode is going to fall on, but we're recording it via day 10. And we 10 days in, and inventory has gotten low. So if you like something, you need to hurry up and go to PrayPlanExecute.shop and use code FAM, F-A-M, at checkout before they all out of whatever you want and the size that you want it. Remember, Pray, Plan, Execute is more than a brand. It's a lifestyle, all right? Now, Ashley, I'm just going to hit the heavy hitter question straight from the jump, like all the way from the top. You had a dream, right? You had a dream and you were like, yo, when I grow up, I'm going to be a lawyer, okay? Not only did you have that dream, you put in the work to accomplish that dream, and then something happened. I want you to walk us through, number one, your discovery of where you wanted to be a lawyer, and then your journey of actually making that happen, and all the twists and turns that, that come into that. And then I will lead you into the next one. All right, let's do it. I'll, I'll give context first. So... I am from a very, very small town called Monticello, Mississippi. The population is about a thousand people. So you could just put that into context of like, this is a town where everyone knows everyone. So as a, as a child, like my mom would be consistent and tell you a story of when she told me to clean up one time, I responded to her, man, when I grow up, I'm gonna have a maid, so I don't gotta clean up nothing. I don't gotta do this type of stuff. So, so that from a, a young child was like, the mind frame that I had that I didn't even know what it meant truly and fully, but that's where I was at mentally as a child. So uh, growing up, my, my dad was very, very like instrumental in the confidence at which I have now, but the confidence I've had throughout my entire life. As a kid, yeah. no matter what the situation was, his response was always, it's all good, you're a Hudson. So that gave me a sense <laughs> of like, not only pride in my name, but it gave me a sense of comfort of like, you can do and overcome anything that you want to. So yeah, as a kid, I was like, I want to help people. And I, I felt like that path was, was to be an attorney. So go to college, went to law school, took the bar. Well, actually, I'll, I'll back up. I went to college, yeah. went to law school, 
in law school, I was very consistent. I was I was going to be a corporate attorney. I interned with a federal judge in Memphis, Tennessee. That is the path that I was going to take. I was going to I was going to I was going to do a clerkship. I was going to get a job, all the things. My very last semester of law school, I took an entertainment course. Didn't know anything about entertainment. Mississippi doesn't even have anything entertainment related. <laughs> like I don't even know if we shoot movies in Mississippi. Like it's it's such a it's like it's 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 such a place that like the exposure isn't there. But I took this class and the class was called How to Do a Film Deal and it really changed my perspective on not only just entertainment but on life because I've always loved music. I played in a band in high school. I've always loved TV. I was always the kid like just like growing up watching anything and everything that I could, right? Like laying on the floor watching Degrassi and stuff. So, so, but then I took this class and in the class they made us actually shoot a short film. So we had to create the idea, we had to write a script, and we had to shoot the short film. And my mind was just, I don't know, it just, it was like a bug that I caught. And I remember calling literally my mom that night after like the first week of class and I was like, man, what if I moved to, to California and try to do some entertainment? And she was like, well, why not go to Georgia? And I was like, okay, that's true. Why not go to Georgia? <laughs> then I kept doing research and talking to people. And this one guy literally said to me, he said, if you can go to Georgia and you'll make it. But if you go to LA and make it, then no one could, will ever tell you anything about the decisions that you make in your life because you made it in a place where not many people make it. Mm-hmm. So I took that mm-hmm. as a challenge and I took it upon myself to be like, I can make it no matter where I go. I'm a Hudson. Like I'm like you still living in the confidence that my father gave me. So I graduated from from uh, law school in May. I studied all summer for the California bar exam, moved to California. Literally, my mom and I lived in a hotel for two weeks when we first got to L.A. because I didn't have a place to stay. So I was like. I took the bar, got out of the bar at five o'clock. At six o'clock, I'm out trying to see apartments and stuff. While my mom is still there, we find the apartment, we move in, everything's smooth. Then she leaves and I'm alone. Like, and it just hit me as soon as I drop her off at the airport. Like, oh my God, like I'm by myself. I don't know anyone in this city. I don't know anyone in this state. I'm just like here, but I, I did have a plan. So it's, it's great. Like, like Pray Plan Executed is perfect uh, sponsorship because I really did have a plan. And the plan was get a job within nine months. Don't matter what it is, just like find a job that's in entertainment after nine months. And when I tell you I hit like eight months and seven days, and I got my first job at Lionsgate in the business affairs department. So I'm at Lionsgate, I'm working in the TV department. I I really wanted to work in film. I didn't know much about TV, but part of the job was reading scripts and like we're reading them for clearances so we're reading them for legal purposes so you're making sure there are no copyright issues etc so i'm doing that and i'm like just learning like past passively learning really what writing for television is and so i'm doing that and it's fine and then somehow somewhere i like i decide like oh i think i'm gonna try to like just write something for fun i never even completed it like and i'm not even joking i never completed it and I was like, eh, what, whatever, it's fine. So then I moved from from Lionsgate, and I get I get I get a job at Sony. Now this job at Sony was my dream job. When I took this job mm-hmm. at Sony, I said, I'm never going to leave Sony, and I'm gonna be the CEO of this company. Like those were the two things I said when I Ooh. walked into the doors of Sony on my first day. I was like, I'm never leaving. I'm gonna be the CEO of this company. 
So I felt like I had finally like reached that place where I, I could grow. Like I had a, yeah. it was like my first time really having a black boss. I had a black boss who was a man and he was amazing yeah. to me. And he taught mm. me so much. And like, I was like on the, I was on the track. I was on the train. I was on the track. Yeah. I was, I was going forward and it was amazing. And, th- and now, now this is going to take you back a little bit, but in, in 2019, and you know, this January 1st, 2019, we as a family found out that, that Tori passed away. Right. Yeah. So that wasn't the first like death that was, that was close to me. Because when I was in law school, David passed away. Now, both of these people yeah. died in their 40s, right? Yeah. And so in that moment, I started to like sit and reflect and be like, is, is half of my life over? Like, I really started to really question, is half of my life over? Because these people are in their 40s. I'm in my 20s. I'm like, at the time, like, I'm like, I'm like, wow, have I lived half of my life? And if I have, like, what am I accomplishing? What am I doing how how am I impacting the way that I want to? And what I realize is like I am truly just like like going through the motion and I'm living a life that I thought I want, but I'm not I'm not fully happy with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So in order to like like overcome all of these emotions, I wrote a feature, like a full feature, it was like 110 pages. And I just sit out, sit, sat down and I just wrote it. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a conscious thing, but it was conscious in the sense, sense that I needed to vent. So I wrote this feature and I just remember after writing the feature, I needed a new laptop because that's how much I had cried while I was writing. And mm. and it was like, wow, like like that experience really was um it was therapeutic for me in a way that I had never experienced and I've been to therapy. So I was like, this was yeah. actually better than me like talking to a professional. And um I I again my mom is always my go-to. So I remember calling my mom and being like, you know, this is what I did, this is what happened, like all the things. And she's like, send me the script. She's a reader, she reads 24 hours a day. That's her that's her favorite pastime. She read the script mm-hmm. and like two hours and she called me back and she was like, she was like, that was amazing. I'm so proud of you. Just like being a mom, right? She proud of everything yeah. I do. I, <laughs> I walked downstairs and she, she clapped, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it, my baby it, it means nothing. It means nothing that she's proud. <laughs> yeah. It means nothing that she's proud. I swear to God, it doesn't. But, but in that time frame of just like, like, writing that script, I realized, truly, truly realized that maybe this is something that I can do and I can pursue. But even on my free time, I wasn't even thinking about switching jobs. So I would get to Sony at four o'clock in the morning and I would just write and I would think of ideas. Then at 10 o'clock, I would go to my meetings and I would start work and whatever, whatever, whatever. So I did that for a couple months. And then I read a book and the book, it was like, it was one of those inspirational books. And the book pretty much said that if you can find one token of satisfaction in a moment in life, then you should ride that token for as long as you can. But what mm-hmm. I realized was that writing that script was my token of satisfaction in that moment in life. So um, I was in, I began to be very intentional with my writing. I, I ordered every book on Amazon and I was just like researching articles, reading, and I wrote an insecure spec. So a spec, a spec script is a, a script that's an original idea, but it's based on an already existing format. So Insecure is a TV mm-hmm. show. I wrote a spec for that for that TV show. Courtney Kemp, who's the creator of Power, read that, mm-hmm. that spec script, and she offered me a job. Now, mind you, the job started on Monday. She offered me the job on Wednesday. I'm an attorney. 
we give people two week notice. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I can't take this job. Like, like I can't do my, my first black boss like this, you know, like I'm, I'm like having these yeah. anxieties. So I went to his office and I told him everything of, of what was happening. And he said to me, he said, when I was in my twenties, I was offered the opportunity to produce a TV show and I didn't take it because at the time TV wasn't king. Films were king. So I went to law school and here I am. And he says, but I often wonder what would have happened if I would have had the opportunity to, to be a producer of TV. And that was a great his, his short way of saying, if you feel like this is, I know, right? I agree. My, Michael Marshall, he's he's a phenomenal man. man. Um, so he it, it was his short way of saying, like, if, if you want to do this, we won't hold it against you. You should do it. So it was Wednesday. I went home. I literally like did not sleep. I just prayed. I wrote out a pro cons list. I did all the things because this was a step back. Not only was it a step back monetarily, it was a step back. I would have to humble myself. Like she wasn't offering me a job as a writer. She was offering me a job as an assistant at the time because mm-hmm. her thing is you have to understand how to write TV. And the only way to know how to do it is to just be present while other people are doing the job. So she offered me the job as an assistant. It wasn't that much money. It was long hours. It was a lot of work. And it was like, it was like work for like a, an attorney. I'm like, uh-uh, I went to school. I got student loan debt. This ain't for me. Like, this is, this is beneath me. You know, like I'm, I'm not about to be handing out coffee, you know, <laughs> but I took the job. Long, long story yeah. short, I, I, t- yeah. I took the job and that, and that was for, that was for it literally spanned through like the latter half of season six of, of power. And then the first season of power book two ghost. So, mm-hmm. um, I did, I did the job and I, I did, a I, and I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it to myself. Like I did such a phenomenal job that Courtney took me with her to an HBO show, still in the assistant position. But when I was at the HBO show, she called me one day and she said the next opportunity for a staff position to come available that position is yours. I don't want anyone else to have it. I, I trusted her on her word because of the type of person that I had seen her to be. And she didn't lie mm-hmm. to me. So it's like the next open position that came, she was like, it's yours. Like you are a professional writer. And so that's that's kind of where I am at now. And it, it's, been a, it's been an amazing journey personally because like the first episode of TV that will ever air of mine will be the the premiere episode of of a season. And so that's not really something that many people get until they create their own episode. That's one. But I think two, just the ability to the ability to transition from something that I do feel like I plan for my entire life. I plan to be an attorney my entire life. I went to school, I made good grades, I didn't get into trouble. I did all the necessary steps. And then it's like now when I tell people that I'm a TV writer, it's always like, whoa, that's that's insane. I, too, think it's insane because like <laughs> I said at the top, there is nothing in the state of Mississippi that leads you to be a TV writer, that leads you to do anything in entertainment. As a child, I did not even know how TV was made. I didn't know there was a such job as a TV writer. So to sit here and say, hey, I, I work on a show. Like I can show you scenes that I have contributed to that I have written and I can like show you my scripts. Like it is, it is a a phenomenal place and a blessed place that I feel like I am currently in. Man. And so that's my long to, story. It was long. Just to let the people know, like I just had a lagging situation. So I'm gonna fix it all in post. But 
What an incredible story, right? <laughs> like, even I'm, even I'm a little, like, reserved. I'm like, yeah, my cousin really, like, she really did this. And, like, through you doing that, it actually has empowered me to do this. Because I was like, look, if she can accomplish X, it took you, like, what, two years, you say, three years? Yeah, it took me two years. So it was it was it was May two thousand nineteen that I quit my job at Sony, and then May twenty twenty one was when like I got the official contract for being staffed. So it's a two year process to to fully transition from being a lawyer to a paid writer. Yeah, and I was just like, if she could do that, like think, just imagine where other people would be if they just dared to dream. Okay, so now I do have questions. All right, so. Essentially, what I'm seeing a theme of in your life, or especially in your story, is mentorship. Because you had a mentor who told you, like, why go to Georgia when if you can make it in Cali, you can make it anywhere, right? And then you had a mentor who's like, you know, it's like, why stay at Sony? I had a similar opportunity. It's like, this is how I looked at it, but I often wonder, you know? And these are very good guiding principles of a mentor. So my question is, how have you found these types of mentors in your life? You know, I don't, I, it's hard, it's a hard question. Cause I don't think that you find a mentor. I think mentors find you. And I mm-hmm. think mentors find you by, by you being a, a very specific type of person. So I never go into a day of work with a frown or not speaking to everyone I pass by and not putting in my, my best foot for, even when I, I hated probably being an attorney, I was still doing my best to produce a high quality of work. Mm-hmm. And I think that people, especially bosses, one, they respect a good attitude because so many people are, are irritated at work. So they respect a good attitude, but they also just respect the person who's willing to work hard and put in effort. And yeah. I do feel like that's something that when we're in a bad mood, we take that with us everywhere we go. And mm-hmm. I feel like if we can learn to keep and leave our bad moods in a certain space, then we do ourselves justice. Yeah. And so um, that's that's like the best. But And I also too feel like you have to like, and I, I hate to say it this way, but it is true, but you have to find people who do things of which you respect, but you also have to find things that, find things within those people that you can relate to. And I mm. think that requires you to get to know the person and then make a conscious decision to keep in contact with them and then make a conscious decision to like show them who you are and what you contribute to them as much as what they can contribute to you. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like if we could like find ways to, to get into those spaces, a lot of a lot more people will pour into us the way that we pour into others. Whew, that's great. That's really good. So you you talked about hey, so when you show up to work, you gotta be ready to work. But you know, when you when you off, you can do what you want. But when you're at work, you gotta be at work. So what puts you in the mindset, or what puts you in the mindset to actually go in there, be disciplined, and go in there and do the best, uh, essentially the highest quality work that you can. I think it is it is a lot of self motivation, but I also okay. think it is it is a lot of of understanding the end goal. I think sometimes, especially when I I feel like when I am at my worst, is when I'm focusing on what my present issue is instead of my long term goal. So it's like if I look at my current job or my current whatever I have to do and it's like overwhelming, then I'm like, oh my god, how am I gonna get this done? If I look at my long term goal, then I'm like, this is just a, a short little stop on the on the path to something greater that I personally want. 
And so it's like it's always having what the long term goal is present in your mind and yeah. being able to over overcome a current moment in order to get to that long term goal. Because if I let the current moment overcome me, I'll never get to my long term goal. Right. And so that's always waking up and being like, what's my to do list today? How can I accomplish these things? Tackling everything I can and then moving forward. And also we live in a world where you will get your, your job quicker by by recommendation than you will by applying online. Yeah. So therefore, why do I walk into work with a smile? It's because I, I like these people and I want these people to like me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm coming in and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? How's your kid doing? How's your, your father doing? Whatever. Like you're just talking to them. You're being a human being with them. But at the same time, you understand that like everyone is headed somewhere. You you want them to remember you as a as a, at a minimum a delightful person to work with. Mm, bare minimum. And so, man, what an awesome story! Like, essentially, you got to follow your dream two times already. Okay, and one of the motivating factors that you said for you following your dream or you daring to actually do it was the death of our friend David or our cousin David and my brother Tori. So what advice, that, that was like the, the motivating factor, right? So what advice do you have for other people who are like, yo, man, I want to follow my dream. Like, I, I dare to dream as well. What, what advice do you have for those people? I would, I would honestly say don't live in a comfortable space. Don't live in a space. Like, comfort is the death of everything that is good. When you're in a mm. space where you're so comfortable and everything comes to you very easily, then you are not pushing your mind, your body, your soul to another level. It's like going to the gym. If you do 50 push-ups a day, at some point, 50 push-ups are nothing. You have to <laughs> increase to 60. You have to increase to 70. That's how you're pushing your muscles to get bigger. That's how you're making yourself stronger. I look at life the same way. I cannot sit and do the exact same thing every single day because at that point, it becomes second nature. When it becomes second nature, I'm not growing anymore. So I would say get out of that comfortable comfortable space. Take a risk. Like always, always. I know people say with risk, there's reward. And there's an opposite to that where risk also could be failure. But if you if you don't necessarily, you can take into account a failure, but don't take into account that failure is your only option because mm. success is also an option. So it's like it's, it's, it's being able to really sit down and manifest what you want in the sense of like hard work so there is a it's a Drake line that i always think about he says uh i'm gonna pray for it and then i'm gonna work as if prayer doesn't exist Mm -hmm. if you could pray for it and then work as if prayer doesn't exist i really think that that is the manifestation of everything that you want right Mm -hmm. because when you pray you're having faith but then when you're working you're having faith that that your prayer will work but also that your work will work that means you're doing two things to accomplish one goal that's what we should always be doing. Multiple things to accomplish multiple goals or one goal. But also, I think, and this is the most important thing that I can say to anybody at any time, and it does fall back on, on like advice and opinions of others. Everybody gives advice and opinions based on, it's, it's very subjective. It's based upon yeah. their life, their fears, their experiences. If you can learn if you can figure out what advice to take and what advice to leave aside, that is the the pinnacle of understanding how to over how to get to the next step. Because 
Um, if you if someone tells you to make a decision and you make that decision strictly based on what they say, if it goes wrong, you can't blame them. It's your life. You can only blame yourself for taking bad advice. And yeah. I think we get caught up as humans in saying, oh, like, I'm going to take this person's advice. And then we blame that person when it doesn't go wrong. Take full accountability for yourself by being able to differentiate between what's good and what's bad when you're when you're seeking out other people. And don't live by other people's comfort. If it was up to my family, I would be in Mississippi right now working <laughs> as an attorney in Hattiesburg, <laughs> Mississippi, right? Yep. Five cousins. Like, yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. I, I I will be a part of like, you know, Percy Watson and Associates right now, right? Like that that is the path. And so you have to realize, like, and this is not like my my brother literally told me, he said, when you told me you was going to California, I said, okay. And I had no clue that you were actually going to do it. And so it's like, that is, that is his limitation being put on me. So what if I would have taken that from him at the time I was making that decision? Well, maybe I wouldn't have made the decision. So you always have to like, kind of get into a space where you have a goal and you're able to to differentiate between good, bad advice, but also just just do stuff sometimes. Sometimes we don't need to live in that comfort because we have prayed. And so yeah. it's just willing to be at to take that risk and not be afraid of the backlash or like I failed so many times. I got rejected. I got rejected from so many law schools. Like it's just like failure yeah. is rejection and failure are are things of which we breathe every single day. And you know what I do? I throw them out. Some people keep their rejection less. I don't need that negativity in my life. I just throw it all out. <laughs> That's what I be saying too, man. I was like, look, man, I failed that test. I don't need to keep this. Just delete that and pass on. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tell me no, out. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's amnesia. It's like an athlete. You take a shot, you miss it, amnesia. You keep shooting. Always keep shooting. Hey, y'all, uh, Ashley, I think I'm going to stop it right there because that was just so good. <laughs> that was so good. Um, I might have you back on for a part two, man. I think I'm going to have you back on for a part two. Only because there, there's more to you than just this story. There's so much more. So I think I'm going to have you back on for a part two. But um, is there anything that you feel like you left on the table before we move to words and encouragement? Ooh, what have I left on the table? I uh what I think coming from a small town and even both of us coming from Mississippi and you're now in Texas I'm in California I do just like for middle America for small town America it's like if there is is anything bigger of which you dream of take that dream into consideration because my thing is the Lord did not put a thought into your mind for you to disregard that thought mm -hmm. so. You know, and also I would say another thing, dreams and goals are destinations. So let's treat them as such. Treat them as destinations. There we go. That's that's, that's what I left on the table. Let's, there we go. All right, man. We like to end every episode with words of encouragement. Okay, Ashley, words of encouragement is exactly what it sounds like. It is us pouring into the people, right? It's us just trying to give the literal best advice that we have, okay? So I'm going to go first. I'm going to do a little cleaning up, and then I'm going to go, and then I'm going to let you go. Cool? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, yeah, if you made it this far into the podcast, that means you are among an elite group of people. So, first and foremost, I got to say thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for just sitting back and literally taking in all of this 
positive like information, man. And I hope I hope and pray that you are better because of it. All right. What I'm gonna ask you guys to do is I'm gonna ask you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And also, um, if you're listening via podcast platform, go ahead and follow that podcast platform. I want you guys to stay up on this positivity and stay up on these these different topics that we're talking about. Okay, if you're on the YouTube version, also make sure you comment below the most valuable piece of information that you heard in this episode. Okay, also ask us what you want to hear next time Ashley comes on the show. Okay. Ask the question, and I will invite her back on to give a direct answer, all right? And if you're on the podcast version, you guys, please leave a five-star review, just letting us know how much you appreciate the podcast and what episode really stood out to you. If it's this one, let us know, like, what about it was so valuable, okay? And make sure you guys check out PrayPlanExecute.shop. Again, that is PrayPlanExecute.shop. And use code FAM, F-A-M, at checkout. Again, you guys need to hurry up. Because like I think he's down to extra larges and extra smalls on certain <laughs> on certain shirts, okay? And you guys need to hurry up if you want the size that you want. And my genuine words of encouragement, Ashley, you already you kind of stepped on the toes of my words of encouragement a little bit, but is you gotta <laughs> fail forward, okay? You guys gotta fail forward because failure is a prerequisite to all success. Anything that is worth having in life. Is worth going through multiple failures for, okay? Your purpose is probably behind the door of some failure that you haven't gotten to. But the problem is that door is hidden behind many other doors of failure. So first you got to get in the house. We ain't going to walk down all that. Regardless of how that operates, I need you to not be afraid of walking through failure. And, like, don't be embarrassed. Don't be – because every successful person you've ever seen, every success story, every – journey every blueprint has failure already written in there okay so fail forward and fail fast ashley what are the words and encouragement you got for the people uh it's it's for me it's, it's very simple um it is every single day is a new opportunity to do something great um so a lot of times we say oh we wanted to do x on tuesday we didn't get to it oh well no 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 try again on wednesday never mm. give up Always keep going. Always keep trying. And at the same time, as you said, you said it so many times today, but it is it is about that plan. Make a plan. Stick to that plan. Write out your to-do list at night. Wake up in the morning. Read it three times. Dedicate yourself to it every single day. If you don't accomplish something, don't beat yourself up. Try again tomorrow. So it's always every single day is an opportunity to to accomplish something great. That's incredible. You guys heard it here on House the Fam. Ashley, thank you, man. Thank you for coming through, sharing that incredible, like, this incredible, almost unbelievable story, man. If I didn't know <laughs> you, I might not believe it was true. But every word she said is 100% factual. You guys, fam's all good. Y'all be blessed.